is Amigos PC. If you were looking for a highbrow, fancy, smart, regal podcast with hosts that love to talk about horse riding, badminton, and trips to the vineyard, you're in the wrong place. This is Amigos PC. If you're looking for drinking, random nonsense, stunts, shenanigans, and balls-out craziness, you've hit the jackpot. This is Amigos PC, and this is Scott and Mark. Amigos PC. Well, I mean, you want to go get a water? And then like, yeah, I can get it this Live on YouTube, guys. Nice. This is how we work, yeah. Let it go. No, just keep going. punches. We are going to be here live. This is weird to me not having what headphones. Oh, I, should, I should have just brought headphones to, just wear, to wear, and then I would feel more. Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Whoa. Based out of New York, The Gallery is curated collection of photographs from around the world. Whoa. Yes, exactly. Whoa. Uh, while we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, the gallery is offering listeners, our listeners, you, the Amigo Army, 15% off their purchase by using code 15 off. Nice. 15 off. 15%? Yeah. 15% off the purchase of something from the gallery. Wow. Go to thegallery.com. The T, yeah, T H E G A L R Y dot com. So your wall will never be boring again. <laughs> Weird not having headphones. Because I don't know if it's sounds. We'll have to figure out the headphone thing. When we don't have yeah. our. Box? You guys want Yeah, there's something. Or get a, a, a box. I walked in on box. What, yeah, what did I miss? We're talking about hot boxes. All right. Hot box. I'm married. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> Our special guest, Jim Perry, oh, here. Oh, hey, hey. Uh, Cop Comic. Uh, also recently just opened up JP's Comedy Club here on the east side of the valley. Very which true. I am super excited about. Me too. Because we both live on the east side of Phoenix or Arizona. Nice. Yeah. So we love being close to a comedy club. Very cool. Can you give us a little background of uh, who you are, how you got in comedy, how you came to start the club? I just met you in the parking lot. I didn't <laughs> know your name. So, no, um, so I'm originally from Chicago and uh, grew up there. We moved out here in Arizona about, I don't know, 14 years ago. 2004? Jesus, it's been even longer. Here. It's longer than that. Um, 18 yeah. years ago, wow. Uh, I can't do math. I went to Chicago public school, 16. I have the goodest of educations. You do, sure do. So, I think you, I think you nailed it. Yeah. So from Chicago, I was in the Navy. From the Navy, got married when I was a 20 years old. We got two kids. Joined the police department. Did that about 10 years. Got hurt. Moved out here. I owned a security company. Started doing comedy for fun, and I was like. Fuck it, let's open a comedy club and tell dick jokes in Gilbert and see what happens. <laughs> the LDS yeah. community loves they, me. They do love you. Yes. Yeah, that's... LDS stands for Little Dick Syndrome, so I tell dick jokes. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I'm happy you're here, man, and uh, we're going to see what this turns into. And I, I honestly open this up to um, have more stage time selfishly and also give back to the 
comics in Phoenix. Comics. There you go. How are the and, uh, open mics starting? It's been really good. We so we did what we call a soft opening because I wanted to learn how to like do the credit card machine. Right. Again, Chicago Public Schools. I needed to start slow. Yeah. First, you yeah. got to plug it in. And um, we had a lot. To, oh, you got to plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Yep. So now we're a cash business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, we had a we had like four or five open mics in the beginning, and they all sold out. So all the comics have been really, really good. I mean, there's a few that hate on everything, but yeah. uh, the majority of everybody has been coming through. And we do a comedy school here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Private events are on Sunday, though. And then Thursdays are open mics in the evening. But for being three weeks in, I'm far from an expert, but I can tell you that it's been a cool, cool start. It's been nice. Good. It's been supportive. The community's been coming in. I know. Yeah. No, uh, no complaints yet. From what I've seen online, it's uh, people can't say more, you know more positive things yeah, about it's what's, been really good. what's coming out of here. So, uh, with our podcast, we we do have local comics on every now and then. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk about their journey or what makes them or what brought them to comedy. Um, your whole spiel is used to be a cop. Spiel? <laughs> yeah, I guess yes. not a spiel or actually, gimmick. I was, you gimmick. You're, you're, that's you're, you're actually, I was just a mall cop. It's all fake. It's nice. all bullshit. Paul Blart's here, guys. No, um, I don't know. I think with comedy, you have to have a persona that makes you maybe stick out a little bit differently than other comics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm also a dad and uh, a father, which is the same thing. Um, a husband. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was a cop. And people, I don't know, I know right now is a weird time for the police, but we're in Arizona. The majority of people like the police. Yeah. I wasn't a bad cop, so I'm not going to hate on my yeah. um, fellow officers that I worked with because I didn't see the stuff that you see in the news. And um, So, yeah, people just love cop stories. And I make fun of it, too. I make fun of myself. I make fun of some aspects of police work and... I think people enjoy that. They kind of see it from, you know, an inside look of something that maybe they don't always see. Yeah. And as long as I'm not up there being the dick cop and the authoritative cop, right. I think people like that. So it's it's been cool. It's been very supportive. We raise, we do a lot of shows for charity and raise a lot of money for charity. And I think, uh, I think if somebody gets to know me or gets to know the club, they know our heart's in the right place. And, um... As long as I don't get prejudged based on the horrible news that we've been hearing, I, I think it's right. all been positive. So it's all been good. As far as my journey, it it was total totally out of boredom. I mean, I wish I had a better answer you for just that. Woke up one day and you're like, I'm going to tell cop jokes. It really wasn't <laughs> far from that. It really wasn't. Um, like I said, I own a security company, and the company's doing well. It kind of owns. It kind of runs itself. Okay. And I got to the point where I was, and I'm not exaggerating. I was watching like 10, 12 hours a day of Netflix. And I told you I'm married, so yeah. that wasn't working out. She was like, No, this is not going to happen. So I was like, Yeah. I always wanted to try stand up comedy. I signed up for a class, and then after I signed up for the class, I kind of got the bug, and then I just haven't turned back. And then I was like, Well. I'm signing up for all these schools. I'm traveling all over, chasing five, 10, 15 minute spots. Mm-hmm. I told her, I think we'll save money if we just open a place where we live. So here we are. That's awesome. We'll find out if that works out or not. That's cool. Especially, again, I'm happy that it's on the side of town and close yeah. to us. So that's really cool. But I failed math class, so maybe it won't work out. I don't know. But just carry the we way. got 30 days left, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
the play, the your spot is pretty intimate in Thanks, itself. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what made you go like that? Like you, you get some of these clubs where it's like a big seating. They yeah, stuff, yeah. cram everything in. This, you, you seem like you've left space. Yeah. Uh, for if for those that have not been here yet, please come so you can Definitely. see exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, what made you, you know, do your layout and things like like think of how you wanted to do it? Well, did you not notice there's a Goodwill next door? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's, that, that sold itself. I shopping before yeah, it was over. I know. Come on. I mean, you look like you shopped at the Goodwill. There's a Chinese food place on the I other know. side, and there's a pizza place on the corner. I mean, how can you go wrong? That's no, how you, I like that. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, in all seriousness, I the our space holds 105 people comfortably okay. because of the COVID restrictions. It, it, we're up to 50 for shows. Okay. Um, but the reason I like the space is, and what's funny is I've been doing this, I'm far from an expert, I've been doing this two, three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. But I've owned businesses in the past, and as long as the numbers make sense, to me, business makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I know what those numbers need to be, and as long as we can fit that, and it seems like we can, mm-hmm. then we can pay the rent. Because I, I didn't do this as, yeah, yeah I know a, a lot of people yeah. think that I'm a business owner, and I'm doing this to feed my family. This is totally a passion. Yeah, I want to pay the rent, and give back, and perform too, and give back to the Phoenix Comics and then I still have a, a real job so I doubt dick dick jokes are going to make me rich I just I don't think well some comics have gotten rich yeah. off them so we'll see yeah, you're not wrong that's true but uh yeah I mean there were, I think it's a good thing and I think if 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 I'm really just trying to pay the rent that puts me at a gives me an edge and I think the big question that's come up a lot is like well why did you why did you open a comedy club not only open a comedy club but doing it in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And I I think that's the best time to do it. And let me explain why. And it's going to sound crazy at first. I but um, I, I invested in real estate years ago. And when did I invest in real estate? I did it in 2008. Nice. My thing is what I've noticed and what my beliefs are is that when people are panicked and things are crazy, mm-hmm. you do the opposite of what other people are doing. So when 2008 happened everything was going to shit we bought like six houses wow and financially it kind of set us up yeah and then now with this everything's going crazy everything's mm-hmm. going nuts i'm like guess what now there's a ton of incentives for renting spaces getting good rent and i'm like let's do it so yeah. i looked at it as an opportunity not as a reason not to do it i don't know if that makes sense but yeah. i'm what, what's the old saying buy buy low sell high yeah, yeah. but it sounds it sounds like very easy advice. It sounds like something we should do, but most people don't do that. Because they're you know, yeah. scared of the risk of it. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, right. it's paying off. So obviously for you. That was, that was the reason I did it. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, like I, I mean, walking this place is amazing. It's the whole Thanks, the theme of it all and the idea of what you're doing. And once, you, once you're at a full capacity, I'm sure you're, yeah. you'll do I might be able to afford, you know, a Chinese plate next yeah, door. Yeah, it's funny because and you a know, T-shirt from Goodwill. When I came, <laughs> when I came in, I was locked. You know, I was coming. I was locked, right? And I'm, I kept walking by them, and they keep looking. I'm like, do I go in through the Chinese place to get in here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I didn't know what to do, and I kept texting right. him and calling him, and they just go, oh, yeah, go around the back. And go. Okay, nice. That makes sense. Uh, nothing, nothing but the best. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I know you said you, you basically woke up and or it wasn't too far from waking up and, and starting to write jokes. Where, what was your first experience with the comedy scene and, and things like that? Well, again, I, I just signed up for class. I always enjoyed comedy. I mean, I grew up watching comedy. My parents would take me to comedy shows, and I remember seeing Gallagher when I was a kid, and... Um, I know, like that, he's not like considered to a lot of comics. Like, oh wow, that's amazing. But to a kid, it was pretty cool. We went and saw. You know, my parents would go see like Carrot Top and all yeah. that stuff. And then, you know, as I got older, I started to like buy tickets to see Chappelle and and you know, better comics, Seinfeld, Gaffigan, and and I just enjoyed it so much. And I also come from a history with my employment public speaking a lot you know and the police department when I worked on the police department I was like the public relations officer I did the dare program at the schools we all know how effective that <laughs> yeah, program was yeah thanks. he was one of my students look what yeah, happened yeah, to him. I know. um no but my point is very comfortable talking in front of groups we're real active in our church I help with all the um, kid programs and I was a youth pastor for a short time so my point is changing changing the environment or, or changing the material from you know whatever is is teaching a lesson or talking about something on the police department to jokes and writing it wasn't a hard transition or uncomfortable for me to be on stage so I really wanted to focus on writing I don't know I, I think it is addictive I think there's I, I like it I just really really like it so did you you went to a class here in the valley then? I've taken I think all the classes that are offered here that I know of. So my oh, first, wow. Wow. That's a my so my first class I took was at Scottsdale Comedy Spot. Um, the teacher was Sean Dillingham, and I took classes with him for like a year. And then I went to Sir Clarezy, and I took classes with uh, Deanne Kincaid. I went to Improv Mania, took classes with Ryan. Um, and then Tony Visick, who's now a business partner of mine, I took classes for like all over a year as well. So I kind of saw, really hung out in that circle, and that circle has their own networks, right? And then I also would um, go to all the open mics, which is a different circle, and then just started, yeah, and just started doing the bar shows and stuff like that. And then I started producing my own shows for charity. And I was like, I, I want to do this on a different level. I want it to be more my thing and, and have more control, to be honest with you, and do it in a way that I want to do it. And, you know, I, I've been in a lot of shows where the producer's motivations aren't the purest. Um, and mine really are. I mean, I still ask, like, guest spots to bring people to the show. And, you know, you still get comics that get, like, mad about that. But I'm like, yeah. well, I do still have rent to pay. Yeah. Um, and then if you kill that guest spot, then, then we can put you in a paid spot. Yeah. But... Uh, I think it's important for a newer comic, and I still consider myself very new, is to be in different types of circles. If it's the comedy school circle, if it's the open mic circle, if it's whatever circle, networking is important. And if you do that, then that'll open up more opportunity for you, I think. Okay. And I've just learned that with life experience, you know. I'm sure with whatever jobs you guys do, it's, you know, you, you learn networking is super important. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, because you... And if you don't do it correct, then you're doing podcasts in, in the back room at a, at a comedy place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very Thanks for calling us out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nailed it. So, do you have any like crazy stories from, uh, oh, especially geez. maybe that you like incorporate into your your jokes uh, that you tell? Cop stories. Um, yeah, yeah. Crazy no. cop stories. Too many stories. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you why I'm not a cop anymore. Okay. That, yeah, so I got hurt. 
twofold. Um, the first time I got hurt, I was we got a, a call at a restaurant where an alarm went off, and we go into the call, and I'm walking through the kitchen, and I slipped on bacon grease. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. the cop, sometimes referred to as pigs, right, <laughs> slips on bacon grease. <laughs> so the pig jokes at the police department never stopped because I hurt my shoulder pretty bad. Yeah. So I thought my shoulder was kind of healing and stuff, and um, I had to sign up for a training, the taser training. You've heard of yeah. the taser. And I got shot in the back with a taser with like 50,000 volts of electricity is what they give you. And I had a cop on each side of me, and he didn't mean it, but the one officer didn't allow my arm to move when I got tased. So it destroyed my shoulder. And if you can't hop a fence, you can't be a cop. So I had to kind of step away. So after about 10 years, I stepped away. Um... But was that funny? I don't know if that was funny. Now I'm having like PTSD. Uh, Great. Yeah. Now I'm getting like twitch. It's funny. I became I became very religious during that experience. So I have that. If you go to my YouTube, the cop comic, I have that taser video uploaded there. Oh, really? And you will hear me become religious at the end of that exposure. I just start going, Jesus, Jesus, and it was terrible, man. But as far as like calls and dealing with the public, I mean, there are so many stories. One of the stories um, that I talk about is the fried chicken uh, story. Have you have you heard that one yet? No, I have not. So you may get a kick out of this. So one, I when you think of cops, they like donuts, right? You always hear that joke. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't a donut guy. I'm old with stomach issues. I'm an inflatable donut guy. But my point is, is what I would eat all the time on patrol was Kentucky Fried Chicken. I would eat that shit yeah. like straight out of the bucket, yeah. like yeah. like every other night. And the guys would tease me. They'd be like, you know, we're all trying to make sergeant, and you're trying to make like colonel, you know. <laughs> so this one night, I'm eating my chicken, and sure as shit, I drive in this neighborhood, and I see a guy breaking into a car. So I jump out of my car to pull my gun, but I can't get my gun out because my hand's all greasy, oh, no. Kentucky fried chicken good, right? <laughs> But the truth is, I looked down, and the reality was, as I forgot my gun. I didn't have my gun. I had left oh. it in the locker room that night. Oh, no. So I'm like, fuck, like, what am, what am I going to do? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't think this guy will realize it. True story. Best fucking story ever. I pointed a drumstick at the guy. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you won't know. And he didn't know. It worked. We cuffed him, stuffed him, bring him back to the station. Well, at the time, we had those stupid dash cam <laughs> oh, recorders. <no. laughs> yeah. So I thought, like, I got away with it. I'm yeah. telling my buddy. He takes the dash cam video, shows it to everybody in the office. And my point is, that's my legacy to my kids and my police department <laughs> is pointing fried chicken at a while. Drumstick. Yeah. So you wonder why you're not telling dick jokes. Because that's that's what happens. <laughs> so that's, that's probably the craziest story I had. And then uh, you want another one? You want another story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever uh, you want to give. Yeah, I can. Another story that I thought was good was uh, I really did get a call one time of uh, of an orgy in progress, mm-hmm. and I'm Aren't like, there? yeah, that's how me and Mark met. Nice. Yes. Um, but I was like 22 years old at the time, and. It, it comes off on, the, on a loud noise complaint is what it says and I look at the details and it says orgy in progress 
22. I'm like fucking excited. Yeah, I'm like, cool. yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Cool. I'm thinking like oh, young no. girls like pulling yeah. their hair, tickle fights. Pillows. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. We pull in the subdivision. <laughs> I know where this is going. Sun yeah. It's sun, su- sunny, lo- sunny Slope Retirement Center. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Walkers and all. So, yeah. That's hot. So I'm scarred. I really do have PTSD now. Um, <laughs> gravity gravity had taken effect, and it was just bad. There was medical necklaces everywhere. It was uh, awful. But those are probably... Life alerts. Was there life alerts on the Life board? alerts everywhere. Yeah. My penis actually said, help, I've fallen. I can't get up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why it sounds like Mickey Mouse, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are probably my two best stories. And then um, controversial story. It's not funny, but this is kind of what happened just because it, it made news. I would encourage your listeners to look up somebody called Eddie Hicks. Okay. So a lot of times when you, you tell someone you're a police officer, like, oh, were you corrupt? Did you beat up people? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually had to testify against corruption. I had a call. There's nothing funny about this call. Um, I had a call where we had a burglary in progress. So we go to this call. We get there, and there's five Chicago cops there. And we're like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're serving a warrant. I'm like, well, you need to tell us what you're doing because people are calling in it as a burglary. So we were, like, freaked out. Long story short, they show us the warrant. We leave. Next day, we call their sergeant and say, hey, next time, let us know. Someone's going to get hurt if we don't know you guys are in, in the area. Yeah. It was a bullshit warrant. It wasn't real at all. Oh. It was like training day shit. They were shaking down drug dealers and taking their money. Whoa. And this was here? Or was this this was Chicago? back in Chicago. Okay. So, longer story short, <laughs> I had to go and testify against that. They offered us, like, witness protection the whole bit. Oh, wow. And uh, that's why I get kind of, like, a little bit peeved off when people are like oh you know you were a cop so you must be you must have been corrupt no i testified and put my family at risk against that kind of stuff so that was those are probably the three two funnies and the one that was probably the most serious yeah that's and then we put you on video so they can now find yeah Yeah. so now i'm fucked no they're all in prison so (laughs) if they escape then then we know then we know (laughs) (laughs) these guys are like this podcast is over Uh, we appreciate your time jim thanks And on that note, no. Yeah, and on that, we're going to end there. Yeah. So uh, you were talking about Netflix and binging and things like that. Yeah. What, what were some series that you really got into? Shows I like? Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of older stuff, too, again. I, I watched Breaking Bad again. I watched uh, Sopranos again. Um, Ozarks. Very good. We had someone from Ozark on the show. Kevin, Did you really? Yeah, Kevin L. Johnson. Yeah, the, oh, get out. Yeah, the dude that... Uh, Gambler's money. Yeah, he was the gambling guy in the last season. The oh yeah, was, yeah, he yeah. Was yeah. On the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. He obviously skyped in because he lives in Atlanta. That's really cool. Um, what else? Are I, I watched Cobra Kai on YouTube when it came on YouTube. Okay. Now, when it first um, yeah. now everyone's talking about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my kids made me watch a couple. So this was kind of recent with sitting. Well, no, you said that. Cobra Kai was two years ago? Cobra Kai, yeah. I I started comedy about two, three years ago. And then Cobra Kai, Breaking Bad. Those were the shows we were into. And then my kids made me watch a couple shows, but I can't remember the name of them. 13 13 Reasons. Reasons. I I haven't seen that one, but I know of it. I wasn't a big fan of sat there with the kids. It was, so. It's really depressing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, we got about halfway through it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want you guys watching this. It's yeah. It's <laughs> giving you too many ideas. Stranger Things, maybe? Maybe they sat you through that? Oh, I did kid. watch that. Yeah, and we watched kind of that. We went to Universal and went to their 
haunted house that they had that was Stranger Things oh, themed. The kids liked it. Yeah, that's cool. And watch, you know, sitcoms, Seinfeld, Mike and Molly, silly stuff. Yeah, oh, stuff you can relate to. Mike yeah, and Molly. I'm yeah. pretty. I don't know. I'm a pretty <laughs> typical 45 year old white guy, man. <laughs> when you look at me, you're like, uh, yeah, he he like defends, puts YouTube comments on like Nickelback and Creed videos. That's me. That's me. <laughs> So if you want to piss off your neighborhood, I mean, you just shout it out, put it on a loudspeaker, Nickelback. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that makes everybody mad. Yeah. Alexa, play that Nickelback. <laughs> and she just says no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. What's the weather outside? You're not allowed to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Right. Right. We're going to wrap up there. Well, no, thanks, no. guys. It was great. So, okay, during the, the whole pandemic and everything, have yeah. you been uh, going anywhere? Like, how, how have you been handling it? Like, are you masking up and scared? All the, Like, because, you know, there's two types of people that are handling it. They're either, like, really scared and in their bubble, or are you, like, still doing things? And, I mean, obviously, within this place, I guess you're probably more towards doing things. I think, I think with most things in life, there's a balance. I think you have people that are completely scared and paranoid, and mm-hmm. then you have people that are on the other side of that, right? Yeah. They don't give a shit at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I think about it, and I'm safe. I wash my hands, and I yeah. wear a mask when I'm required to. Right. Um, I mean, him and I were tongue-kissing before the show, so uh, I don't know if yeah. I'm really... You're still picking up the hands. Yeah, so it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> I told you I have a thing for Duck Dynasty. I know. So. I know. <laughs> um, duck whistles, too. No, I mean, I mean, my wife and I swear, I mean, we're, we don't know, but we think we had it in February because we all got, me and the wife and the kids all got really sick mm-hmm. and it was only like a two, three day sickness for us, but it was weird. I'm like, I think that was the flu. I don't know what it was. And I remember us all saying, well, that, was, that sucked. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the COVID stuff came out and I swear, I think we all got it already. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We've we've talked about that a little bit on the show. I, yeah. I think that I actually had it in November. Yeah. And yeah. then everything started unfolding because I got like, right. really sick. So my family got sick, and it's like what? Okay, I've never been that sick ever in my life. And then just truck through it. Yeah, we had a buddy, same thing. He he was going, like, he was really bad. His cough just wouldn't go away. Yeah. I was thinking he had like the uh, what was it called? The, the Arizona AIDS? virus. Close. Oh. Uh, the one with the herpes. Yep. The okay. valley gotcha. fever. Valley fever. There, there you go. go. That's okay. the um, so he, it seemed like he had. That's what I because he, he couldn't get this cough going. He had him on all these steroids and everything. I'm like, I think he probably had something like. Well, that, that if that's then, the case, you know, I. What the hell is going on? Well, they're catching the food. I think. Over there. No, I think that's. I think they found me. Oh yep, shit! That's oh, it. <laughs> Witness protection we, we didn't picked, work. We picked the best day to come. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, nothing yeah. but uh, professional sound there. system here. They're they're cutting up the dogs and the cats. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Well, you're, you're, you're That's right. a good promo for the Chinese place. <laughs> she told me I was over there, and I thought this was funny. And you guys can tell me if <laughs> this was not. Well, she obviously didn't find it funny. She goes. Uh, she goes, I, I said, oh, a Chinese restaurant. I go, I'm excited to, why, why I started talking like her. I don't know. Did you notice that? Chinese yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, she tells me anyways that she's Chinese and Irish. That is funny. And I thought that, that was funny. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, so I'm like, you're, you're drunk all the time, frying up dogs and cats back here. Oh, she didn't. Yeah. Her. I thought it was funny. Like that. And then she didn't laugh. I'm like, all right, that was too, that was too bad. And I'm like, uh, 
I'm like, right, quick joke, quick, quick hack joke. What can I say to lighten this up? And I was like, uh, do you eat your corned beef and cabbage with chopsticks? She's just, she's just like, get out, just get out, get out of my store. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I'm a c- comedian. I'm gonna be next door all the time. So, but yeah, so already making your na- friends. Your neighbors, neighbors are gonna hate you. Yeah, so I hang out at the Goodwill now. Yeah. So. And you, and you steal their Wi-Fi. Yes, and I steal their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Nice, awesome. That's password, password, Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Have you started to see trends like certain days that it, it's completely packed over there, and then you go other, hand out flyers every other Saturday? I, I don't know if I want to cater to the people that <laughs> shop at the Goodwill. Hey, if I tell them it's Tristan, a t- Tristan, Tristan classic. Bowling. Yeah. Oh he, yeah, Tristan's he's awesome. Goodwill, he's a Goodwill aficionado. Oh, is he? Yeah. Nice. I don't. Shops. I don't know. If I told a, a Goodwill shopper that there's a two-drink minimum, I have a feeling that there would be an issue. So, oh, yeah. Am yeah. I stereotyping? Yeah. I don't know. No. no. <laughs> it depends on how much they spend next door. Yeah. And then I they mean, can, yeah, then they can afford to... the two drinks. Yeah. So you don't do it on the, the discount days. Yeah, that's there. Saturdays. Oh, Saturdays. okay. They have half, half off days. Shit. Those are the bad days to go. I shouldn't have took anymore. a comedy class. I should have took a marketing class with you two. That's what I should have <laughs> done. Damn it. Yeah. Goodwill 101. <laughs> do you think about that, though? Like, do, do, should I uh, research more marketing, things like that, as you're starting to open this up? Well, I, I, I own... I've owned several businesses over my life, so I understand, again, how numbers work and how marketing works. And mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been doing your traditional marketing. You know, there's guerrilla marketing, which is what you, I think you're talking about. It's like passing out flyers and all that stuff. And then there's, you know, nowadays it's all about social media yeah. and targeting audiences and Facebook ads and Google ads. And I have found that to be um, effective. And then also just treating comics and your customers correct and gathering their information as they come through and then letting them know what's going to be happening weeks weeks ahead. So we've been having a lot of, even though we've been only a few weeks, I mean, there's people coming here like every other day because the acts are different and they're just interested to see them. That's that's cool. You're getting more more just the comedy scene showing up and, and... I would say that we're getting a lot of not only the comedy scene showing up, but also the people that support them. Okay. And then, and and it, like I said, it's such an intimate space. The issue to me with comedy, and this is where I'm trying to help that, is that as a new comedian, there's there's not a lot of portals of entry, meaning that you're doing all these open mics, you're doing all these bar shows, and if you go to a bigger place like Tempe Improv Stand Up Live. You're probably going to be there on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you might get a guest spot. Um, but my point is, is that what I like is having more ports of entry for the comics here, make them better through our schools, more stage time, have their families come see them. And then when they're ready to make that transition to start working at bigger clubs, then they'll be more ready. So um, I, I think it's it's a good thing to kind of help comics have I mean have you ever well you guys aren't comics but my point is doing yeah, yeah you nailed it <laughs> so my point is is uh you know doing a mic at a, a bar is tough because nobody's tuned in no here it's kind of a, a captured audience you know um so that's kind of the I've lost the question but yeah I'm talking I think, I think you 
I think you nailed it. Yeah. Whatever the question was, I feel like I answered it. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was good. <laughs> so, well, I think, I mean, during this time, I think people need to laugh and have fun because it's such a shitty time. So I think doing something like this is cool. And I think with what you said earlier about making that leap when things are bad because those companies that need to live off of their place, right? Yeah, like, this like is... improv. Yeah. And they need to be higher numbers and you're in a situation where you're coming in and just pay the rent yeah and then you're gonna you're gonna eat those guys up and they're gonna take all that business so you're on well i'm not looking to eat anyone up (laughs) everyone's our friends we love everybody you know what i mean if that please come group hug that's that would be a plus yes i i uh my point is we're not in a position where this has to feed our family gotcha and i think that gives us an edge Mm -hmm. 100 agree yeah it's more of a passion like you said yeah Yeah. so you're just my wife, my wife doesn't refer to it as a passion. She refers to it as a midlife crisis number three. So that's what she refers to it as. Um, and I'd rather not talk about my first two midlife crises. Yeah. Well, you I'm mentioned a bike. I'm you still, already got a bike at one point. Um, said. A bicycle or yeah. a motorcycle? <laughs> Both. Who knows? The yeah. unicycle. Yeah. I'm still paying for those midlife crises. But no, it's all good. <laughs> what was your um, what, what was your first thoughts when you actually did start going and in, diving into it? the comedy scene and um, obviously doing the open mics and things like that. Where was your first open mic? What was my first? Take out the schools. My first open mic was at, what's that place called? High Side in Phoenix. Okay. It was a predominantly black crowd. (laughs) And I'm like, hey. Was it a Bobby show? It wasn't a Bobby Johnson (laughs) show. I've done plenty of those. Um, I think it was a Pat Price show. I, I and I had re- I had met for the first time Rob maybe Pat uh, Pat Price Chris Mosley these are comics local comics but my point was that was my first open mic my first experience outside of comedy school okay. I had been through comedy classes for I don't know two months and I'm like I'm ready to <laughs> fucking ready <laughs> to destroy <laughs> yeah I'm gonna kill it everywhere innovation here and I'm gonna walk into a place that's 90 percent black and I'm gonna tell them I was a cop and they're gonna love me <laughs> and. Uh, how yeah. Well, how well did that go? So I, I got an ambulance ride home that night. Nice. <laughs> no. no, I mean it's it's part of the it's yeah. part of the process. But that was my first open mic. And um, you know, to be honest with you, I was actually nervous because I'm older than a lot of the comics mm-hmm. and I'm coming into it almost backwards. Like I've kind of lived life, set us up and now I'm kinda of doing this for fun mm-hmm. and, and some people get mad at that. They're in their twenties and are really trying to get into the scene. But I'm coming from the other side, so I didn't know how that would be received. And then telling everyone I was a cop, normal audiences, it, it does, it goes very well. But telling comics that, I didn't know how it would go. And actually most were very receptive and nice. It, I mean it really boiled down to, you know, he's a nice guy, he's treating us with respect, he's not an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um so I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't as bad as I was imagining it could be, which I thought was good. So, do you have any, uh, do you remember when you first bombed and what that was like? Oh, uh, I, yes. I, I, now he's gonna you're giving PTSD. him more PTSD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the PTSD show. We're still looking for our first crier on the show. So. Yeah. No, Play a Dolly uh, Parton. We had a crier before? Yeah, we had Play a, a Dolly Parton song, and I'll have PTSD double D. It was, <laughs> Great. that's maybe why I bombed, because I told jokes like that. Um, no, so I had done a comedy class, again, and we're involved in our church, and we'd go to this thing 
what do they call it? Small group, like once a week. And I'm like, hey guys, I've been taking comedy classes. Let's do a comedy show at our small group. Mm-hmm. And I don't, in reality, looking back, I don't have two minutes of material. And I'm like, I'm going to do a half hour show for you guys. No. Now, keep in mind, these are church people. And I mostly have dick jokes. And when you're in that kind of setting, even if something was relatively funny, they're not going to laugh because they're too busy worrying about how their fellow church person is going to judge them. Yep. So, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. So um, now I just... You know, read the Bible and pray by myself because I'm no longer allowed in that church. No, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. sounds yeah. about yeah. right. Yeah. So, are you able to say which church? That uh, it, or, or it's a Christian church. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's good enough. Yeah. Don't shut this podcast yeah. down. <laughs> you can't. We're gonna get a whole bunch of hate mail. Now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're worried about showing Coca-Cola signs. I know. Yeah. And then we're now we're gonna be drinking holy water now. Yeah. That's what this was. I thought. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Did, I, uh, shit. No, it's one of the, those non-denominational Christian churches. It's like a, what they call it, a mega church. Oh, okay. But, you know, okay. we bring the kids there. It's good for the kids. Yeah. And, I was going to say, because yeah. my, my wife, she, she works at a church down the street, so I didn't know if that was the same one, but we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah off mic. <laughs> yeah, off mic. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Not to Thank bring you. that up, yeah. <laughs> but you needed that bomb, though, right? <clears throat> the bomb? Yeah. Oh, there's been plenty more since then. <laughs> yeah. But, that was uh, his only one. Yeah. yeah. It's only been one. Hill ever since. Yeah. Only one that day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, think, that's what's going to happen when you're. I think my biggest bomb, why I want to talk about this, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because you, we're making you open up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me share. Yes. Why? Um, I was at CB Live for a charity show. And. The way that it was produced, I think, could have been produced differently. And what they did was they allowed the crowd to drink for three hours before they put the comics on. So you had 300 people in that room, and they did not give a shit about comedy. They were just hammered. And all of us are going up there, and they didn't listen to anything we said, and that was disturbing. I had to do 15 minutes to basically my wife that came, and she's just like... Why are you doing this? And everyone's having their own yeah. side talks. Yeah, she's like, one of those. Uh, is this the end? Have we met the end of this? Is this good? Or are, you, are you no more? <laughs> so those were probably my two biggest bombs. And, uh, an and intimate bomb with the church people and then CB Live Drunk Desert Ridge people. I, I hope they've changed their format a little bit. We've changed yeah. our format at the, at the club. So, like, if you're bombing, we just have laugh tracks here. And we just <laughs> insert those after wow. the joke. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's what I was really hoping you guys were going to do for this. For this yeah. Oh. yeah so. We actually do have that, but I don't know that's that. It's going to take you long here. to find it. Yeah. Yeah. You do one of the... the we have a little... Oh, <laughs> yeah, we have one of those, too. We have buttons. We do. Wow. We don't have the head... The head yeah, we can't even hear it anyway. Yeah, you probably have like violin music going on in the background that I don't know what's going on. Everything I say is like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of buttons that we can press on this. My wife has a whole lot of buttons that I can press, and I have pressed half of them, if not more. That's awesome. So she's been supportive then is what no, you're No, yeah, I tease. My wife my wife has actually been pretty awesome. Um Yeah, I don't I mean we've been married I need math again. Okay. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. 
you know, Chicago school's goodest. Um, got married in 96. Quick. Well, that was quick. I believe you. Sometimes. Um, so, yeah, we've been married a while, two kids. We've had our seasons of life, ups and downs, and overall it's all good, and she's been very supportive. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I mean, you're, you're a multiple business owner, so. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. yeah. She moved in with her mom. I live here now. I mean, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. I call her sometimes. She yeah. answers. Yeah. My wife likes to have sex. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to announce yeah, this on yeah. your podcast. My wife likes to have sex six to seven times a day. I mean, that's wow, not that's, bad, right? That's no. That's, I mean, that's, the that's issue. Yeah, good. six, seven times a day. The problem is it's only with me one part of that day. Oh. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. That is a joke. I am kidding. Um. <laughs> so, so you go to Costco for a lot of batteries. Yeah. Or is it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We go through a lot of shower massagers. Oh. <laughs> we, we've we've gone through a lot of those, and that's for me. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So I'm assuming that you have a fluffer, or she has a fluffer. Fluffer? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm assuming that's some kind of terminology that I'm I, not I had, hip to. I saw a porn once. Well, you were at that orgy. Wasn't there one there, yeah. probably? You saw a porn? Was that? Did you watch uh, E.T. the Extra Testicle? That's a fucking great movie. Wow. No, I haven't, no, I but I'm actually out. write that down you now. E.T. E. the te- Extra Testicle and Shaving Private Ryan. Best <laughs> porns out there. Wow. we got to look those up. We love doing movie research. Yeah, I thought you were in uh, Forrest Pump. No, is that on you? He was the background. That's all I got. I was. I was. He was uh, was holding the boom mic. Do you ever see those porn names of these movies? I just find them funny. No, all the parody ones. They're hilarious. Like there's Pirates of the uh, Edward Sausage Hands. Have you seen that one? I I haven't seen it, but I know that name. This is a sausage fest. We should watch Edward Sausage Hands together. (laughs) Very true. The classic. uh, It's my last porn movie joke. Uh, the the porn movie classic Yank My Doodle, Give Me a Handy. That's a good one. That is that's okay. Have to check that one that's out. all I got. Sorry. <laughs> I googled. How? I'm trying to look up other. Now he's googling. How often do you sit down and actually it seems like watch porn? Can, yeah. Write <laughs> <laughs> write your jokes. Sisterhood of the traveling sluts. <laughs> that's a yeah. That one's top. It's coming off 10. the whim right now. Saturday Night Beaver. No, I'm just making stuff up. That almost sounds like it should be one. A Justin Bieber. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. It could be a parody of both. We've we've lost him. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he's like, these sound good. Rotten Tomatoes says this was fucking great. Thirteen. No, I'm not going to go. Oh, thirteen going down on thirty. Not the nice. Yeah, like that one movie, thirteen going on thirty. Thirteen going down. on That 30. sounds like a priest would watch that one. What is that? Angry gay men. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I mean, I heard it was good. Fifty uh, first rapes. What? Right. You're on a different type of website, man. These, are, these aren't that funny. You're on the yeah, dark this, web, this is I think. Disturbing. Sorry, I'm on your. I'm on the Goodwill website. <laughs> anyway, He's on so the Goodwill Wi-Fi. Come right to Silk Road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, he's gonna be drunk buying drugs on the action. Yeah, there's gonna, there's gonna be a guy at the door soon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm gonna get off that side. <laughs> yeah. He's now being tracked by the government. Yeah, they're the watching FBI, me. Get <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Nice. But, yeah, there wasn't really too many funny names in there. I think you had better ones that were listed. Yeah, so it seemed like you were coming off the cuff with that. I'm amazing. That's why. You know, yeah, I can only imagine. Phoenix Comedy Schools, bam. <laughs> nice. Better than the Chicago what? School District. Yeah, the power of Google, guys. I just think. Cool. 
Well, how what my what I was getting to though is how often you sit down and write. Um, I know before we got on mic, you talked about uh, you're in a writing group. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the process with that stuff? I like to write. I mean, for me, writing jokes and stuff is. If I'm just in a normal conversation and somebody laughs at something, it's like, what made that person laugh? And I'm mm-hmm. just jotting a note down. Yeah. I wrote a screenplay with Deanne Kincaid over at Stir Crazy. Um, I, yeah, I, I've been liking to write since I was a kid. Okay. Um, but with humor, it's just, to me, just paying attention and how, if you can make a joke that sounds believable and then it's also tied to a real personal experience, I think that makes it easier. You know? Okay. Um, I do notice that when I first started comedy, my jokes were really dirty. I think it's easier to write dirty, mm-hmm. and then it gets harder to write clever, but I think it, it, with time, I think that gets easier. So, I don't know if I, did I answer your question? Yeah, that was good. All right. Thank God. Is it, is it harder to write clean? It I know you said be. clever, but clean versus... Yeah, I mean, there's different... If you want to be hired as a comedian... <laughs> There's P- the churches. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I do a lot of church shows. There's PG. I hope they don't see this podcast. Um, <laughs> there's PG, in my opinion, PG, PG-13, rated R, and then there's just crude. I find my, I have more fun in the PG-13 yeah. range. Um, yeah. How, how well is that received? PG-13? Yeah. Um, I kill every night. Yeah? Yeah. Except for those times that you bombed. Oh, did well, I admit that? that? Early on. Damn. So now we need to make a new category then that has to associate itself with porn. So we continue <laughs> doing porn parodies. Yeah. Yes, I will I'm never thinking. get a church gig again after this podcast. No, I think it's important to be diverse and then know your crowd and then kind of, uh, you know, change with the crowd when needed. And I think that comes with time. So when you're on stage... Uh, and you're getting to know your crowd. Is that you're, you're trying to spin one joke and it's not hitting, so you try to go a different way? Or yeah. There's, how, does, how does that work? So, yeah, you'll, you try to figure out what the crowd is. If, if there's not restrictions on the crowd, you still got to kind of know what the crowd is and what kind of demographic, what do they believe in, what do they like. And you can throw out, like, a PG joke, and if it does really well, then kind of stay in that category. Yeah. Throw out a rated R joke or a dirty joke, and all of a sudden that hits, but they didn't really hit on the PG joke. Then you can go more dirty. I've also noticed that it's easier to start cleaner, and then if you're going to do dirty stuff, do it at the end. If you start out dirty, I think it's tough to get them on your side. I'm not a big fan of political humor or uh, religious humor on stage because it's you're immediately splitting the room. I don't want to bother. Um, and I'm not overly crude. Even when I tell dirty jokes, I, I I think my persona comes through, and they they still don't believe me when I am dirty. They're just like. He's trying to be no, dirty. He's trying to be he's Yeah, trying. yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, you kind of, kind of, kind of go with it. I mean, I kill with people that are over sixty and white. So that's my that's my crowd. That's yeah, that's my demographic. Nice. <laughs> my mom, my mom and dad love me. So when, so when you open another location, do some city. Yeah, there you go. No, the yeah. next orgy goes to. The <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna start telling jokes. I'll bring my medical necklace and we'll nice. have a good old time. Yes. Are you into uh, conspiracies at all? Depends on the conspiracy. Okay. Uh, nothing against police or anything like that. But well, Fuck re- the police. <laughs> yeah. 
You said it. I, yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. say it. No. Straight out of Compton. Yep. So recently we just had an episode where we talked about how we might be in an assimilation. And then you brought up Netflix, too. Uh, there's a new TV series out on Amazon Prime called Utopia. Okay. Uh, have you seen or heard anything about it? I have not. So it's got John Cusack in it. I like um, him. It, it's... He's from Chicago, I think. It seems like a, a conspiracy about right now. And about COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I think there's some stuff going on right now. I'm really curious. I'm really curious what the conversation of COVID will be after this election. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you what? think, like, just I'll give you a big conspiracy. I'll drop go. it yes. right yes. now. Nice. Thank you. This will make this video blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so, not to be a downer. But my mom just passed away about a month ago. Okay. And she had... Yeah, let's... Yeah. Yeah, great. Yes. Thanks, man. Cheers. <laughs> no, she passed away about a month ago. It was expected. She had cancer for like four years. Mm-hmm. And when she passed away, her lungs filled up and she took her last breath. My point was the death certificate said she died of COVID. Oh, come on. And I, we got pissed and we were like, what's, what's this? She didn't have COVID. No one tested her for COVID. Why are you saying that? Well, she, her lungs filled up and... It, it had to be COVID. I'm like, no, it wasn't. She had wow. cancer for four years. She was in hospice. That personal story that happened to us makes me suspicious of this whole damn thing. Mm. Um, now that doesn't mean that I think COVID doesn't exist. Again, I think there's, I think there's a left and a right to this. I think there's a black and a white to this. I'm more in the middle. I think we need to be safe. I think we need to wash our hands. I think you know we don't need to be French kissing each other. Um, you know, for a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wear a condom this time. Um, but my point is, is that those kind of things make me suspicious. I also have a friend without saying too much. How can I say this without saying it? Um, he works at a very popular hospital in the Valley and he works in the ventilation unit. And if you would have watched the news, our hospitals supposedly were packed to the gills Mm -hmm. Everyone's dying. Close everything down. And he's like, we have one patient. So those are the kind of things that it's like, I do believe it exists. I do believe we need to be careful. But is it at the extreme that they're telling us? I don't know. And it makes me suspicious. I don't believe the media. Um, I I was saying earlier when I was on the police department, I used to be the public relations officer. So I used to um, talk to the news media about certain cases. And I was always amazed. I'd give an hour interview like this, and then they edited it down 10 seconds, and it had nothing to do with what we talked about and and twisted it. That alone. Yes, which I assume is going to happen with this one. Yeah. Yeah, I fucked up police the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Five hours. <laughs> <of the insane. laughs> wow. He didn't, wow. He used to be a cop. <laughs> My point is, when, when those kind of things happen to you personally, it's not even a conspiracy anymore. It's, yeah. You start to wonder, okay, well, what's the truth? Mm-hmm. What's really going on? So, yeah. so, again, if I'm given new information, I'm the first one to say, okay, I'm wrong, and I'll change my belief in that. So, um, yeah, that's where I fall with that stuff. Yeah, I think it is. It, I don't know if it's like a big hoax, but it, it, there's a lot more explaining that needs to be done personally. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I agree that it exists too. Like it's something. Yeah, I. I, I mean. Things there. I think it's a, a. It's a. It's a kind of. I mean, now I'm gonna sound like. I think it's a. It's an illness that is serious. Mm-hmm. But is it? 
at the seriousness where we have to stop the country, yeah. put people out of business, yeah. no. give assholes like me an opportunity to get good rent and open a comedy club, it just does not seem right. Yeah, yeah. that's... And then it's your fault. Now, when this comedy club, you know, tells dick jokes all day and all night, it's your fault, government, that this happens. Sorry. Yeah, well, the yeah. same. It's, you heard it here first. You heard it here. And they do listen to us. Oh, are, I'm sure. We are, we are sure. Oh, uh, this is, yeah, we're talking about conspiracies, so we yeah. actually... Um, Why does your microphone sell like Cheetos and Regret? I'm just curious. That one's... That? That's, that's Mark's. What oh, you, is that Mark's? Normally is yours? It, mine smells like cookies. Cookies? This one's Cheetos and Regret. I don't smell anything. Oh, damn, I have COVID. <laughs> if I lick this microphone, will I get COVID? I, probably. I, I mean, would, you I came within it. walk talking distance to us. You probably have COVID twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was I going? Uh, oh, no, yeah, oh, the government so, thing. Yeah. So we we had an episode where we talked about uh, some of our listens, uh, and one day we had a huge uptick. Crazy I wouldn't spike. say huge uptick, but yeah, it was a spike. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, where is like what happened? Because yeah, I wanted to, you know, if, if what caused people to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, not to sound <laughs> yeah. as bad as that. Did, but yeah, you yeah. have zero on there right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we just started going live <laughs> on YouTube, so that's it, YouTube following is when we have like 200 or something subscribers. It's we get a lot of views after the fact. Um, but no, so we had listen a huge spike in it. We're like looking, or I was looking to see, okay, what was going on? You know, what happened? We found out this company was listening called archive.org okay and they listened they basically downloaded our entire catalog or like everything we've done so we started to do a little bit more research like okay well what is this company what why who they're back from i was just kidding about fuck the police i love the police (laughs) so like we have our own conspiracy basically is what i'm saying it's we went into more depth. Yeah, we looked and it was like it's basically based out of like Langley and like out oh, Virginia, you know, right Virginia by Washington DC. Washington DC. The Clintons are involved. Everything. Yeah, like I didn't do a much weird. research on their podcast. I don't know what <laughs> kind of show I'm on about. right now. Yeah. Um, so we try to bring that up on, with all of our guests. Yeah, so they know, know like, that, hey, you know, the government is listening. Great. Be careful. Yeah, that's great. You being in witness protection. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to be covered. I'll yeah. be dead by morning. Okay. You signed up for the comedy. So <laughs> well, uh, as we start to wind it down, uh, can you give a word of advice for someone who's trying to start comedy? Well, I am. I consider myself very new. I am no expert in comedy. I mean, I've been doing comedy two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but my advice, which I'm sure someone would disagree with, is if you're trying to get into comedy. Um, I think taking a class and understanding how to structure a joke is important. I think going out and embracing bombing at mics is important. It's part of the deal. Yeah. You have to, and those kind of moments make you better. It, it really do. And, and you have to embrace that uncomfortableness and then just believe in yourself. I do think that it's not normal for someone to want to go on stage and get laughs from strangers. Um, <laughs> I'm the first one to admit there's some kind of brokenness in me that I need to understand. Daddy didn't hug me enough or something. Um, But my point is if someone wants to do comedy and they really believe in what they're doing and they find it an artistic um, freedom within themselves to release, you know, do it and, and, and see what happens with it. If you're doing it to get famous, do something else. If you're doing it to make money, do something else. Um, If you're doing it for, 
artistic reasons, I think it's something worth embracing. I mean, that would be my two cents. Very cool. Do you have a favorite local here? A favorite local comic? Mm-hmm. I hate to say that because then you have someone everyone that you else like, is not going to come here. Then I'm going to have notable. 10 comics that tell me that they don't like me. Um, <laughs> my favorite Arizona comic, and I don't even think he knows who I am or even knows I like him, is Chris Bennett. He lives up in uh, Sholo. Okay. And I think he is crazy fine. Nice. Um, cool. And all the other comics are awesome, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Maybe I shouldn't yes. ask so the that word of advice question. you should have said would, would have been come to the club and, and work, you know, basically do your, yes. do your craft here, take classes here. Yeah. That's what, that's what I do have to say that all the comics that come here, um, I think are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. That's not biased at all. Not at all. Not at all. Where, yeah, where, cool. where can we find you on social media and uh, so, here at the club? So I have like two things going on. So if you'd like to follow me as a comedian, um, my persona, if you will, is the cop comic. You can go on our website at thecopcomic.com, and I do a lot of charity events in that persona, and uh, do now a lot of shows here, of course. And if you want to follow the club, then our website is uh, jpscomedyclub.com, and we're really trying to specialize in headlining and featuring Arizona talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we have the school here. If you think you can tell jokes or you have that desire to get into comedy, sign up for a class. See if it's for you. Come to an open mic. Um, we really are trying to make this a safe place and, and a place that is one where you want to come back, not where you, you feel like you're at a bar and nobody's listening to you. So, yeah, JP's Comedy Club for the club and thecopcomic.com for uh, my comedic journey. All right, we appreciate that you came on, dude. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. This has been the Amigos PC. Make sure to like, subscribe, and review us on all your podcasting platforms. Visit us at AmigosPC.net for our entire library of content and Amigos merch. Till next time, adios.